Are you recording now? Yeah. Oh, sweet. B-roll. Oh, yeah. We got to get the B-roll. That's how we get intros every time. We've always been recording. Wow. The mouth of Sauron is a legendary creature? That's weird. Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Kunai, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, one being Jordan Garcia. Yo, what up? And Christopher Ritter. Hello. Today, we're doing a big old bonanza of an episode. We're talking about the Lord of the Rings set. It's, this is our set review, and uh, anyone got any pregame actions? Fuck no, because we ain't got time for that. We're actually going to go through each color, artifact, and multicolored and just kind of give you our thoughts on all these brand new exciting cards but before that if you'd like to support the show you can do so by finding us on most major podcasting platforms you can find us there subscribe and please review the show goes a long way for the algorithm and helping more people find us and also you can find us on youtube where you can like subscribe and hit that little bell for more notifications you can find us on Discord, where you can talk to us. Discord's been popping off, and fun little shout-out. Gameplay videos are coming soon. Woo, yeah, we've been uh, testing out these new camera, or with this new camera, and these playmats. Yeah. We cannot wait for you guys to see this. This is actually something that is blowing us away, that we're, like, honestly shocked at how good it looks. I'm hyped for recording right here, right now. Yeah, and we're actually recording in our new little studio. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, we don't have time for a full pre-game action, but a little pre-game action is we have a full new little uh, Mockstars studio, new Mockstars playmats, and we're working on gameplay videos coming very soon. Yeah, and we're really excited to get out to more events where you guys can see these playmats in person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, getting seeing those tokens that we're working on too. So Oh, yeah. oh the tokens are exciting. There was, um right before we started recording, uh, Eli posted uh, like a formatted token oh shit yeah okay. oh get the that. fuck out i've not seen can we yet. live react to this right now yeah pull it up man pull what up. the fuck just so you guys know eli is our good buddy also known as death milk he designs <clears throat> he is an ai artist and his shit is awesome oh god yeah oh my god you heard it here first holy shit <laughs> Dude. I haven't even gotten there yet. So oh, on. So you have some like notes. He has to dial it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that a start over? Whoa. Token format. What the fuck? Dude, look at the last one. Yeah, the last Jeez. one. I didn't even see that. Jeez, that was bro. like while we were uh, starting to record. Oh, my that third God. One. Yeah, I, I'm definitely oh. into the third one. Oh, my God. Wow, 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 wow. 100% third one. Um, we can't share these with the public yet. Yeah, but the, once these we are have, prototypes. They're too hot for the pod. Yeah, right once now. we have the designs finalized and we've paid Eli his commission for this, of course. then we'll be more than happy to show the public so you, to get you guys hyped for what is on the way. 100%. We are working on new gameplay videos, tokens, hella merch. We got play mats now, and we're going to be dropping a Patreon coming up here pretty soon. Patreon is coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. I'm super stoked for that. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. It's finally uh, ripe. Coming yeah. to fruition. I mean, yeah. yeah. We've been doing the podcast, and I think it's like time to fucking level up. we got some exciting ideas for tiers, for like sweet stuff for you guys. I think you're going to be pumped. Could you say it's forced fruition? Anyone know? You guys know what that card is? No. It's that a is, green that card, is a card. It's, green it's card. not a green card. No? 
<laughs> oh boy. No, it's so a- we do not know what that no, card okay. is. Okay, never mind, never mind. Bad joke, bad joke. All right. All right. Well, now we officially took a pregame action. Let's yes. get to it. We've got our boat captain. Christopher Ritter here leading this treasured cruise on this review of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) I was not expecting the nautical theming for this transition. Um, But I I guess since we're we're here on the open seas, um, we'll start in blue with Watcher (laughs) on the water. Dude, that's perfect because it's exactly what's up on my screen right now. Watcher in the water. Watcher in the water. That is a three blue blue. Oh, it's shit. It's legendary. Okay, so we're going to have a lot of command. A lot of legends in this deck. That is true. And there's legend payoffs. It's fucking awesome. Let's get to it. Three blue blue for a legendary creature. Kraken. What's Kraken? The watcher in the water enters the battlefield tapped with nine stunt counters on it. Stun counters, not stunt counters. <laughs> Whenever you draw a card during an opponent's turn, create a 1-1 one, one blue tentacle. All right, we're starting to see some more of these payoffs. Here we go. Whenever a tentacle you control dies, untap up to one target Kraken and put a stun counter on up to one target non-land permanent. Just so you know, a stun counter is, if a permanent with a stun counter would become untapped, remove the one counter from it instead. It is also a 9-9 Kraken for 5, which is kind of nutty. Yeah, it's a great rate. You're going to be taking a lot of game actions yeah. when this lands, uh, and it starts going off. Uh, I mean, do you guys want to walk through some of the lines that are possible here? It's kind of crazy. I think um, I'm getting a little bit of like the green-blue uh, commander. A Rick Smithy? Uh, yeah, thank you. A Rick Smithy's uh, from it. Um so there's actually, yeah, I think in our Discord there was uh, Margarita who gave Ooh. gave us a line for how to draw your deck infinitely with a word. Shout out Marg. Uh, Again, shout turn. out to the Discord. You should be on it. You should be on yeah. it. Yeah, fucking up if you're not. It's basically as long as you can cast something with flash, like if you activate an emergent zone and you have a like a bull settler and a way to cast artifacts off the top. So people are saying like as far as uh, like Elsha could be a good. Uh, this could be a good card in Elsha because uh, as long as you're able to like cast something with Flash, and like a Sensei's top, right? You infinitely cast and draw, and whenever you draw a card, mm-hmm. yeah, you keep I going, see. keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. So what is it, like the the Mystic Forge you do? Because in the Mono Blue combo, right? right? So you do Mystic Forge, Sensei's top. That makes sense. Because, yeah, I didn't even think about that. In my head, I saw like kind of that once per turn clause, but it doesn't say that. It says when you draw a card during an opponent's turn, which is just you can draw 50 cards on somebody else's turn, and you get... 50 tentacles yeah and i mean we're i mean the thing about this set is that it's also modern viable so this could we could be seeing a strategy that we're talking about edh you know right. this being viable in edh but the power that this has that it could potentially have in modern is still unforeseen i feel like i think it has a high ceiling yeah. in, in a few different formats there's enough text on that card all of which is relevant and it's a good rate for a good body um there's i, I feel like there's something there yeah totally I'm yeah I I there it does look like it does need a lot of work like there are ways to like sort of finagle this thing in EDH but in other formats it does look like it needs a little bit of work mm-hmm. whereas like uh the regent or whatever from Modern Horizons to the uh the dragon thing that was a mythic as well it has delve you know what I'm talking about oh you're talking about yeah the fucking thing that's been terrorizing modern for a Man, while. Man, my brain has just been sticky. Oh, the thing of the thing. The thing of the thing. Anyway, uh, if you know a card, 
it, has a CMC. It has a CMC, yeah. yeah. Oh, it does. It's a card type. Power it toughness? Delve. Uh, yeah. If you guys know what card we're talking about, please leave it's it in the comments. It's a modern staple we're, we're dumb. just blanking on. We're, we're not yeah. modern people, and yeah. we're moving on. Uh, it's yeah. just I'm just starting to think of like viable targets for this. Would you rather play that that has Delve, where you can exile cards, reduce the mana cost, or would you rather play this? Or 100% you know, this? that card is So, better. exactly. Um, okay, what's the next card on the list? Boom. Another card that I'm looking for that has possible interesting lines is... Eareth of the Healing House. Uh, it is one blue, two colorless, one four. Tap, untap another target permanent. Tap, untap two other target legendary creatures. Mm, I love me some untap nonsense. So even without thinking it through, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't thought it through. Not at all. Um, if a card has multiple untapping abilities, especially if it hits multiple permanents, mm-hmm. uh, there's combo lines. You, you can break it somehow, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, and then you get just like anything that doubles an activated ability any of those effects like i can imagine it gets pretty fucking nutty yeah this is uh like when this was spoiled people were super hyped on it because uh, one if you've read the books you know that Irith is like one of the more badass characters in mm-hmm. it like uh does no wrong is just op as hell like as a healer like uh, just magical in that realm so um it's really cool that they've given a card like that, a character like that, a card like this. Yeah, because I mean, necessarily lore-wise, the power level of certain characters, especially not characters, you know, characters that didn't appear in the uh, in the movies, uh, you know, they're not necessarily balanced to to what they are in the lore. And this is a cool case where those things line up. Yeah, it represents uh, her ability to get a soldier back on their feet. In almost instantly you know mm-hmm. like uh so it, it's a really cool lore uh card i do think you're right as soon as you start putting untapped target permanent untapped target you know two target legendary permanents or whatever you really start running the lines of like oh you can break this easily also she's legendary so if you want to be in mono blue and you want part of your combo in the command zone you have access to that on this card you know and especially with those untapped abilities there's there's lines there for you yeah there's so. some mesmeric orb stuff here yeah for sure hey did you guys know i have adhd and couldn't focus on anything you said because i had to look up what that card was murktide region it's murktide region yep. okay okay yeah. moving on <laughs> my brain hit it three seconds into your sentence <laughs> uh that said i really do like untappy nonsense and i built that uh other card i can't think of that i'll have to go get oh man well jordan uh, you deserve a stern scolding. Uh-huh. Speaking Ooh! of which, let's wow that, hot transition. That for sure, I, I think we're all in agreement. That's going to be a staple in CDH. One hundred percent. I am actually we we've been honestly on our Discord shout out been talking about it nonstop for pretty much the last week, um, and everybody I think has come around to the point that everybody wants to play it. Yeah, it's so the way I see it is, it, it is in the same breath as Swan Song and Offer You Can't Refuse mental misstep like it is in that range of power like especially in the competitive format because you start looking at all the things that this can hit and blue has been without a proper creature counter for way too long like force of will and pact negation have been like literally your only two but that requires you to go down in card advantage Mm -hmm. it requires you to waste like a couple of your silver silver bullets essentially to like stop a dock side where this is like nope one mana stop dock side yeah i agree none of our creature counters have been at a good enough rate to justify us playing them but nope. one mana is a great rate totally 100 yeah. percent. and nor have like 
there been we're talking about cdh now for this card obviously um but i also don't think that there has been a time recently where a creature counter would have been considered as much but with this printing with the current meta given how many creatures there are nowadays um even in cdh games i think it's gonna be very impactful including most of the win conditions yeah this stops so much in like blue has I think we've talked about it before, but Blue has this like responsibility to the table to play properly on the stack, and like uh, it just leaves it to the rest of the table to like play and do whatever the hell they want. Like Naya decks, like Rocco, they just turbo out, and it's hard to like keep them in check. But now you literally have a one mana counter to Rocco, which is just like yeah. wow. Yeah, it's you know Thoracle, Dockside. We're not gonna go through the whole list, but it is absolutely insane the- timna najila does it hit najila right mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's power or toughness yeah like power you know? or toughness so the flexibility there is so good yeah it's- and that's why it hits so many targets yeah so, so we did a thought experiment in the discord and everybody's like all right post your current list and then post how many creatures it hits versus how many creatures it doesn't hit and it you would be shocked it was a, like 80 percent plus yeah of the of the relevant cards that in cedh yeah in yeah, in commander, I'd say like even if you're playing just like refined, like you've you've worked on your decks for a while, it's still going to hit over fifty percent of most totally. decks. Yeah, this isn't yeah. a CDH exclusive. I didn't mean to uh, insinuate that it was, but like you just don't get as many like people focusing counter spells, I guess, in casual. Right. But this this is really good at uncommon, and it's one of the best moments in the movie too. Like I think that the artwork depicts that very well. Full of a took. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, I guess this whole set was just kind of really nice where like I was so apprehensive to it because I thought that, oh, they would just take screenshots of the movies like the, they did with the fucking League of Legends yeah, show that was trash. for the secret lair. That set was trash. trash. But instead, they actually got the artist, artists to come in here and create something that feels like magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Wizards as a company, I think, has realized that... Uh, their fan base responds better to the universes beyond product when it's not just a pure cash grab. Like right. when, when it seems like there's thought put into it, the, you know, the, the player community will get behind it. I definitely think this set is going to be very successful and uh, it'll show them that they will, they should continue and proceed doing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I have my list here of cards that I thought were interesting that were possibly relevant, you know, in cdh and you know not even including modern you know and it's i don't know 50 or 60 cards have you know something good about them like definitely when they designed this set you know they took care Mm -hmm. totally yeah it doesn't break immersion at all which is great yeah no Mm -hmm. i think the flavoring uh of the cards my favorite thing in magic in general is like how flavor meets mechanics and i think that's really only comes from where the game designers get very involved and spend a lot of time on the sets it's how you execute that very well and you know sometimes you just see lazy mechanics to justify another secret layer package and i think this is the time where you know they got very hands-on and made sure they did a good job uh so i definitely think the mechanics justify the flavor and vice versa yeah and all the flavor texts are actually book quotes from the book which yeah yeah it's cool. super rad which if is you're pretty, a dork pretty sick. and yeah. we all are so. yeah for sure <laughs> yeah all right next uh one last blue card i want to talk about and this is uh it's a little spicy i feel like uh press the enemy press two, the enemy two blue two colorless instant return target spell or non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand you may cast an instant or sorcery spell with equal or lesser mana value from your hand without paying its mana cost i like this so, 
um, super conditional, but you might get a real good payoff out of this where I think it's relevant enough that if you have an open slot, it's worth testing. Yeah, this is rad. I think my first thoughts are like, this is very expensive for interaction. For sure, for sure. But it, that second line of text makes exactly. it real spicy. They they knew that, and then they, they came up with an answer for it. So it 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 has a, a, a possibility, like right? So instead of you are paying way too much mana for an interaction spell, especially a bounce spell, uh, you are getting a huge tempo play, actually. Totally. Um, if you granted have to have the card in your hand to capitalize off of it, but I don't think you even need to have something that's that crazy to like really swing this. Even if it was like you hit a four drop and you just do like a two drop cantrip. Well, like, think about it this way: it's it can be a ramp spell. Yeah. Listen, regardless of what you have in your hands, you can just wait to pay four mana to bounce something real fat back to your opponent's hand, and then cast whatever you need to out of your hand way earlier 100 uh, you know? percent. i mean jordan's been playing fixus lately so bouncing, exactly uh, yeah <laughs> if he has no response to you bouncing his hole breaker yeah or hole breaker horror right yeah yeah i do uh so i like that it, it gives that um flexibility and the other flexibility i see on the card is it says it return target spell or non-land permanent mm-hmm. which means you can interact on the stack or on the battlefield and so that makes it a little more justified at the cost for me yeah, I, I, I like think it, it just has a very high ceiling. I agree. It's worth testing. Um, you know, and there's cards like uh, you were talking shit about Fairy Mastermind <sighs> in the Discord. Still you will. know, there's cards that read like they have a high ceiling, and then you play test them, and it doesn't really work out. I think yeah. you guys are all down on Fairy Mastermind right now. And I think Ledger Shredder is starting to like fall into that territory. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I think, you know, that spot that you were holding for Fairy Mastermind, maybe throw this guy in there and, and see if, if that, you know resolve some things for you totally if you're running an interaction suite that is comprised of all the staples in cdh you now you do have a little bit of room to include more interaction and this is one where i feel like yeah you could get away with it Mm -hmm. yeah uh uh what color do you guys want to go to next Uh, well we didn't start in order so uh white white okay easy peasy gandalf the white Gandalf the White, out this, the gate. Yeah, this is a five mana legendary Ooh. creature, three and two white. Avatar Wizard. Love it. Four five with flash. You may cast uh, uh, You may cast legendary spells and artifact spells as though they had flash. If a legendary permanent or an artifact entering or leaving the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Yeah, uh, a little confusing wording on that last text box but basically it just means a lot of things trigger yeah you get triggers anytime something happens yeah it's a panharmonicon for legendaries and artifacts specifically um but what's sick is it's also a vidalcan orrery so if you can bite the bullet and play mono white you get a vidalcan orrery and that other card i just said and can't remember in the command zone with flash on a four or five body and it's gandalf what could go wrong yeah, it's really cool because uh, flavorfully, it works with Wizard Rockets because Wizard Rocket says that when it leaves the battlefield, you get to draw a card. So uh, as long as, yeah, Gandalf is on the field and you fire off the Wizard Rockets, cracking it for mana, you'll get to draw two cards. Hey. Hey. Look at that. All right. Entering I, or leaving. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a little Every bit Every which of, way. Yeah. What? There, yeah, there's a little bit of... We don't. We haven't quite seen Entering the potential. So this here. is a gassed fucking. Uh, 
It's double. Yeah, if blast. you want to start flickering things and ephemerating and and doing it to get a coming in going, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, that's where I'm like, I've never seen this effect before. It's I've never, seen half of this effect before. We've seen both sides of this effect before. We've seen, you know, Tesa Karlov, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's you, when things die. This is just if it leaves. leaves. Yeah. yeah, do you have like a... That it, hasn't existed. No. Yeah. Um, but uh, flash, yeah, I don't know. Giving everything flash and it having flash, like that makes me a little excited. Like I would, I would think about this. You know, immediately it makes me think of Teshar, right? Like Teshar was and always is like a little underestimated. And that deck can fucking turn one. Yeah, uh, it's, gas. It is gas. Uh, so obviously, like it's a little bit different play around, but I don't see this not being gas. Yeah, really? it's I got think it's a great card. Mm-hmm. A card with a little less upside, but I think is going to find some slots is Boromir, Warden of the Tower. This is the one we actually have been talking about a lot in the Discord. Yeah, it seems like old reliable. It it has some some real relevant text on it. Very fitting to the character. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this card. Yes, yeah, so like, I'll, I'll read it off real quick. Yeah. It's Boromir, Warden of the Tower, two and a white, uh, legendary creature, human soldier, vigilance with a 3-3 three, three body. Whenever an opponent casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, counter that spell. We've only ever seen that on one other card before, Lavinia. Um, and then Sacrifice Boromir, Warden of the Tower. Creatures you control gain, gain indestructible until end of turn, and the ring tempts you. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it seems like a very versatile stacks piece. Yes, if you're not aware of what the ring tempting you the first time does, it Me makes either. you choose a ring bearer, and then your ring bearer is uh, can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. So on the first tempt, yes, with the first tempt, um, that is the least exciting thing about this card. Yeah, because you're likely only running one, maybe two tempt cards. Like there, that's the thing is there's only like one or two cards that are actually yeah. I don't, I, overall, big picture, I don't think there's enough tempt payoffs to make it something that you're really going to invest in, except for in like limited, you know. Yeah, for right. sure. Um, but that being said, I think Lavinia isn't really played as much as it should be for how good that text is because of the color restriction. So the fact that we got rid of that and then added some upside because we made it one more mana. Uh, to where you now you have an on the board uh, protection effect like a uh, what is that a selfless savior exactly um, yeah and and you know also for what it's worth if no mana was spent to cast a spell counter that spell is a great line of text in CDH because you know blue is running those free counters let's discuss some potentials uh, yeah. force of negation force of will pact of negation mana crypt mox diamond. Um, any of the evoke creatures that everybody likes to run these days. Yeah, I, I mean, without a Grand Abolisher on the board, you can now safely run into a tapped-out blue player if such exists, you know, in this life. Yeah, exactly. Correct. And there are a few other, like, anytime you're paying Phyrexian mana, you know, Mental Misstep, it stops that, too. Like, this has so much potential early in the game. Like, let's say you take first turn and you have a crypt and a land like great you've just shut off everybody else from also turboing out so you're getting a head start they're not going to be able to get where you're at until they're able to get rid of boromir oh mm-hmm. that's right mm-hmm. uh counter script yeah yeah so there's a few things that it really does uh pull away here mm-hmm. people don't you know what? I like it. it a lot more now that you guys have talked yeah. about it yeah. yeah it's one of those things where you're like you see it and you're like okay and then you go to take your next turn and then you and then you realize like the impact that it had, and it's like uh, it's like the thing that kills the ETBs, like the no ETP effects. Everybody's like, 
yeah, sure, Hushbringer's fine. And yeah. then you're like, I have everything as an ETB right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, and I think it's very much the same effect. Yeah, it's, totally. it's like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You're taking it for granted, and then you take a bite of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and it's amazing. Right. It, like it's imagine, a top five sandwich. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> this card comes out, right, the first week. You, top of turn order, land, mana crypt, Boromir, right? Mm-hmm. People are like, okay, that's a weird-ass card to turn one. Why was it an Aristic study or whatever? Okay, they go to the pass the turn. Uh, Chrome Mox. Okay, counters. Yep. Uh, okay, now the next person who's holding a mana crypt is fucking... Just goes, fuck yep. me. Oh, man, a turn one Boromir just seems busted now. Oh, all yeah, of a sudden. 100%. Or, yeah. you know, maybe you're going second or third. Seal. they put a mana crypt on top. That's fucking garbage turn two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the big thing is, it, like, people, when they mulligan, they're going for turbo. They're going exactly. for gas. They, if they see a mana crypt in their opening hand, guess what? They're keeping that hand. You just oh, yeah. made all three other players at the table trash their opening hands, essentially. Pretty yep. much. You know? It's 100% one of those things. It's the same thing, like, if you can stop tutors, like, on a turn one, turn two play. It is extremely powerful, and I think this effect is... Uh, will be played more now that it's on this card. Yeah, it's really great because, I mean, you go in for your win, like Shalai and Halar is really the deck that I'm looking to like plug this into. If I'm going for my win and I have this on the battlefield, like I'm going to go to cast the Red Terror if I don't have protection. Otherwise, this is just like, hey, you can't force a will me. You can't, exactly. like, can't stop that from landing. So, And guess what? If they do have interaction beyond that, I can just sacrifice Boromir to protect everything on the board yep. so, from removal. Yeah. Really great. Really, uh, really great card. All right. This card, I promise you, is mid. <laughs> <laughs> I but, will justify it. But the Battle of Bywater. I like it. One colorless, two white. Sorcery, destroy all creatures' power three or greater, then create a food token for each creature you control. Nice. So I, I think definitely more in modern, this has a, a great upside, but also in CDH. Like it is, it can be a pretty one sided board wipe that then also ramps you pretty intensely. Yeah, this nukes or this uh, nukes a Najila off the board. It nukes uh, Winota. Like most board states, that Winota has will get wiped from this. Three or greater. This isn't a Najila. With power three or destroy all greeters creatures with power three or greater. Isn't Najila three? Makes just two. Uh, I'm wrong. You know what? We brought this up earlier in the episode, and I don't know if we came to a conclusion on it. Uh, but it does, for some reason, hit Najila, whether it's power or toughness. Najila. We know we're three two. Three two. Three two, it kills Najila. It kills Najila. Let's go. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, I think this card uh could be really good. More than anything, what I think needs to change in CDH is more board wipes, please. And if hundred percent. Like, honestly, they, they do come it's in. It's not handy. relevant. It, no, it is a hundred percent relevant because yep. there's so many board states that just get gunked up and it gets super gunky super quick, bro. And there are decks like Kenrith that can recover super fast. Uh, like reco- and there's fuckers that play Sylvan Safekeeper. Right, yeah. And this just kind of like gets around that. Uh, 100%. That's why I think like Force of Despair also deserves a, a I love Force table. of Despair. You know? Great card. Huge fan right. of it. Countered by Boromir sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But, sometimes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I think this is a, is a good card. It is definitely mid. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of Citywide Bust. Mm, okay. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, uh, this hits a lot. I, I think, but I, I just think there's some shells that are really going to appreciate this effect. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not Shorakai. nothing like benefiting off of all those treasures, too, is huge. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's that second line of text that but those artifacts you know, takes it up. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it for Shorakai, uh, now that I said that. Yeah. I mean, Shorakai loves board wipes. 
100 totally. percent. So, yeah. A good a B plus board wipe for sure gets a slot yeah, in there. Totally. Yeah. Uh next card I want to talk about is Forge Anu. Uh two colorless, one white enchantment. When Forge Anu enters the battlefield, return targeting equipment card from your graveyard to the battlefield. As long as it's your turn, you may activate equip abilities anytime you could cast an instant. You may pay zero rather than pay the equip cost of the first equip ability you activate during Jesus. each of your turns. So wow. uh it, it's you know, uh amped up Sigarda's aid, um equipment synergies. Um is this a hammer time staple? Yeah, I, I think it's gonna go in hammer time for sure yeah. in modern, you know? Uh this is the first time we've seen something like this in a while. Like, yeah, it used to like just this. be that Leon and Shikari or, or whatever. And then Sigarda's aid. And yeah. now you get like kind of all of these payoffs all stapled onto one card. It's gotta be the best, right? Like Sigarda's aid's so. one, sure. Like Yeah, I mean awesome. dropping Sigarda's aid turn one is but really sick. For yeah. two more mana, you do get two more mana worth of fucking value out of this card. Like the recursion on it on top of that. Um Oh man, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it has three different things that all synergize with one another, but then all alone are worthwhile effects. Yeah. So you have again, you're returning things from the graveyard, you're equipping at instant speed, and you're getting a free equipped every turn. Yeah, talking like, about our own format, like the fucking equipment decks. Holy cow! I think this is better than Cigar Days Eight and Commander. Like, yeah. this is insane. Yeah, it, you know, and you can uh, re-equip for you know. At instant speed, so like lightning greaves becomes pretty much protection for everything mm-hmm. on your board. Also, it's in a permanent with an EGB. Yeah, so you can flicker it, displacer get. Ooh, hey, That's true. So you're already potentially you finally broke displacer get. There it is. I've been trying, and you know you're already playing probably that uh, Stoneforge Mystic. So you know you've got an ETB package going on with equipments. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how many equipments have sacrifice abilities on them to like mm. sacrifice this blast something right and seems like a red equipment to me yeah you know yeah, i'm not sure how many of those exist yeah i, I can't and, think of any off the top of my head but yeah. they must exist right so, yeah so this could be maybe that terrible artifacts from the early days of magic that are now relevant yeah this card totally totally yeah <laughs> that's the power this card brings. go find it on but Spider you know Ball. what speaking of equipment i want to talk about frodo determined hero yes one white one colorless legendary halfling warrior when frodo determined hero enters the battlefield or attacks you may attach target equipment you control with the mana value two or three to frodo so that is all these swords of as well as a bunch of other relevant equipment targets second line of text as long as it's your turn prevent all damage that would be dealt to frodo so you don't even you know it's already got half the protection that you need yeah uh this could be really good mono white uh and then you could just honestly you could use the sword of once and future Mm -hmm. to like recast something from your graveyard with frodo here like i think that's actually pretty crazy Mm -hmm. protection from blue and black also very very relevant since it seems that most removal in any format is blue or black so i i uh think this is incredibly strong we've seen it a few times on like a few of the cat warrior mm. deals like uh was it Bres or arescos or i don't know whatever um Bermaz or like oh Bermaz, yeah. uh king of arescos yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so um this for two mana seems like it's very strong this card is gas dude yeah i I think it's worth building around or at least you know throwing you know thought crafting something on moxfield yeah i mean even in your like uh just some value plays even in your boros deck Ritter, like this seems like oh for sure yeah i was gonna ask if that was going in and it's Uh, legendary i didn't even think about that yeah there's lots of support for um for yoshimaru kedras yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, this is really cool. The first thing, or like the only weird little corner case I think of, is back in the day, Najila players used to play Sword of Feast and Famine. 
as a way to go infinite. It's like one of the worst ways to go infinite with the Nichila yeah. ability. But Frodo is a warrior, and it ETBs and equips a Sword of Feast and Famine, or uh, attacks and equips a Sword of Feast and Famine, right? So, like, you know. Even something that allows it to be unblockable with nature's will would be kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, It's it, pretty bad, but yeah. good yeah. <laughs> You know, and here's another thing that I like, you know, just touching back to, like, lore things, is that, you know, we've talked about Gandalf the White. We've talked about now Frodo. A lot of the main characters have gassed cards in the set. Very relevant. Now, we need to consider, like, all you, of these. You want to play the protagonists, and they yeah. have made it worthwhile to play them. And the uh, and the villains like the, yeah. the the we'll get to them they're we'll fucking them. sick I'm hyped about them yeah hey guys I got I want to talk about another card okay lost a legend two white mana instant put target mm-hmm. non land historic permanent into its own li- owner's library fourth from the top which is often it's it's not a great rate at two mana but that effect is often so much better than killing or exiling or whatever you're gonna do to a permanent if you really want to get rid of it. I mean, it's two mana removal for uh, a commander, which is super easy peasy. Yep. They're definitely not putting it forth from the top. No, for sure. But I mean, putting that mana tax on it is not bad at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then any upside from there, I'm chill with. Yeah, I'm not sure what flexibility this has. I, I Once it said historic, I was like kind of lost. I'm mm-hmm. like, what does that hit? It's kind of weird like that they're bringing this text back from Dominaria is when it was first introduced and we're just don't use it. Ever. It's not an evergreen Got to have those like legendary word. payoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, what got to be like 70% of the creatures in this set are legendary. So, yeah, it's uh, really, it does play really well in the draft format for this set. Mm. All right, fine. It's trash. Have your way, Evan. <laughs> All right. But what about a card that I know for sure is good? Amazing. Reprieve. Jordan, what do you think about this card? I was excited about it first because it's interaction in white. I've cooled on it. Uh, I mean, it exists, it has existed in blue for a long time. He uh, thinks it's trash. Uh, okay, so both you guys hate me. All right. No, I, I love yeah, this card. Suck. I love this card. This I, is great. I love, I love, I love everything you're pitching. Um, I think this is like Jordan has said it. This card has existed in blue. That's the problem is it hasn't existed in white. And it was maybe why we're hot on it. Yeah, maybe right. that's why I'm overestimating I it. Yeah. I get that. I mean, it's cool that, you know, it's color shifting to a color that has very limited interaction on the stack, which I think is badass. So if you're mono white, I would probably play this card mono white. Yeah, I think I'm just not playing a lot of mono white decks. Yeah, if you played a lot of blue, uh, Jordan made a really good point that Mardu decks are seeing more play because you're able to basically swap blue for white and still go just as fast as you were able mm-hmm. to before. Probably faster. Probably faster, yeah, with a lot of card draw S percent and stuff like that that exists out there now. This means reclamation. Yeah, and this card just doesn't it doesn't fit into those molds very well. It, I like I, I am going to be looking at it in like Shalain Halar as like a slot, but then it's two mana to you know interact, which you're hardly ever holding up. You know, Fair enough. like that's why you know like we're talking about Stern's Golding being great is because. Any interaction suite, the it either has to be free or one mana. 100%. Mm-hmm. Two mana is just ain't it these days. Yeah, this is going to be a really great card for, like, refined magic or, or like, for your, like, high-powered tables. When you get, uh, to, yeah, when you get to, um, when you get to the competitive scene and you start sitting at those tables, you're going to find that this card doesn't 
necessarily pull the weight that you want it to. Like, like we've talked about cards that read re- like they're really good, and we're mm, seeing yeah. it for the first time in white, so it's we're all very excited. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my my benchmark card for overrated. <laughs> the best part is it replaces it. It replaces it. It does, and that's something that white is missing. Is like cards that do that. Like, so that's why I think if you're in these colors, mm. you can definitely consider this. I do think I will see it at a competitive, like in the competitive scene. Uh, it will need to like make or break a game. Like it will, it will, it'll either have to win a game or lose a game <laughs> yeah. to get noticed. My point is that you're going to see this card. Yes. I, I think you will. And like, you know, I'm thinking Winota, right? It's like we play the Tibble's Trickery sometimes just to like interact at that right time, that one protection spell you need. Um, this is another one of those. And like you said, it draws you a card too. So like it is not the worst card by any means. Totally. Cool. I'm just a spoiled blue player. Two last cards in white that I want to talk about. You're talking about are, a lot more white cards than blue cards. I just want to say. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't play a lot of blue. <laughs> I should have made the list. I yeah, guess I you should have made. Yeah. You I have your you. chance. I hear you. Go ahead. Last two cards. They're related and I don't think they are good on their own. But I do want to say, I think we're on the verge of a viable food deck. Mm-hmm. And both these cards are going to play roles in there. And it is Rosie Cotton and the Gaffer. Rosie Cotton, uh, they're both three CMC halfling peasants. When Rosie Cotton of South Lane enters the battlefield, create a food token. Whenever you create a token, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature control other than Rosie. Jeez. And then the Gaffer is every time you gain three... Uh, let me get down to the gaffer i thought he knew off the top of my head what it does i don't create a token yeah uh that's really good yeah uh, man uh come on come on uh i think it's in the commander stuff i don't feel like strong but basically whenever you uh gain three or more life you draw a card uh at the end step if you gain three or more life yep so you might draw three cards around off it if you got excess food tokens um i think whatever food deck happens is either going to be green white or green white black Mm -hmm. And uh, those two cards are definitely going to fill slots in there. Yeah, I'm actually building food. My Tayam okay. Tayam rebuild will be food. Awesome. The victory will be through food. Hey, this Academy is manufacturer and all sorts of shenanigans? Nope, just uh, well, we'll talk about Samwise Gamgee later okay. in the set. But oh, we it is will. A, it's on it the is list. A, yeah, it is a self-contained loop that will just outright mm. win the game. Nice. Uh, also, notably, this card, Evan, a three-mana creature that puts counters on things. Yeah, whenever you create a token... And mm-hmm. I don't do that very often, but you have multiple things that do that. I mean, they create tokens like a, I'm not playing Dockside, though, or anything. If I was playing Dockside, I'd be like, let's go. You Promise know, the Boon Ride, bro. That makes tokens. Oh, you're talking for like Tayam. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about like other decks. Sorry. So three mana permanent that makes counters. Oh, everything that's wants to making do. sense. That's everything Tayam wants to do in one card. Uh, I'll test it. Test it. See what I happens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I, I do agree, and I think we'll say this maybe outside of this format as well as food just being a thing for the while. We haven't. Seen I mean, it's going to get a ton of support in Wilds of a Drain if if we're to for make sure. some assumptions since that. Uh, I think it's a that safe assumption. Food was introduced in the original Throne of Eldraine. Is yeah, that correct. We yeah. we already saw like some like gingerbread warrior deal like art from yeah. Before. We got so have it's a little definitely food. coming yeah. back. So yeah, I could definitely see like a gassed modern deck coming in like this fall. You know, yeah, these cards plus those cards. Why, why not? Uh, red or green, guys? Uh, Evan, you pick this time. Let's pick green because we know there's not a good, lot of good stuff there. Boom. Well, Last black. March of the Ents. Bad. Ooh. Bad. It is bad, but it is notably a one-mana saga with six... Oh, no, no. You're thinking of uh, the naming of the Ents. Last March of the Ents is eight CMC, two green, six colorless oh, sorcery, can't be countered, draw cards equal to the greatest toughness 
among creatures you control, then put any number of creature cards from your hand onto the battlefield. Whoa. It is, in fact, gassed, and it does not suck, Jordan. So Whoa. eat shit. I actually didn't say that. That was what Evan said. Well, but still you. Sure, I didn't, 100%. Yeah. I didn't I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what look, at that. What, look at that face. Well, he wouldn't say something like that. So there's like three things that are blank of the ends then. Yeah, so last March of the Ents, uh, I like the fact that it can't be countered. Yep. That is about as far as it goes for me. I just don't like relying on having something with a big booty. Like, it doesn't happen very often. Oh, I love a big booty. I love... I want to throw it in Galta. I love... Yeah, yeah. Word. Like, I guess, from a scope of playing in a competitive realm like no i'm not gonna play this in in any of those decks because eight mana is hard to get to but if the game's a little bit slower you're like definitely going to eight mana for sure i do like this right because you're probably Mm -hmm. playing a creature shell like you are with galta it's like yeah i'm gonna draw 12 cards and i'm gonna put just basically spill my hand out which is really sick no, I think it also goes in Selvala, though. Like, I think there are competitive yeah. shells that are going to want this, that are going to have access to the green mana. Mm, that is a good point. You could activate a Selvala with a Galta on the board, and then all of a sudden, it, it gets crazy. Yeah, Shake drawing up. 12 cards. Yeah. yeah. Maybe but even like dropping 12 creatures. Kind of vibe. I, you know? think, I think you definitely do some shit like that. Totally. I think you can break it, and I think it's worth trying. And I'm going to try. Do it. He's okay. going to try. Here's a card we all agree on. D- delighted Halfling. This is. Should we even talk about it? No, like, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows it's good. This okay. is, yeah, well, this, no, I was just talking. We should talk about it a little bit. This is one of the most hyped cards in the set. This is uh, Insane Gas. Uh, I think it, this, along with one other card specifically, other than Stern Scolding, are going to be CDH staples moving forward. Um, and I think that's just insane. Yeah, one green mana for a dork is already a good rate. We see it all the time. We see people playing Llanowar Elves still, like to this day. So the fact that you can pay one green mana and get a dork that either taps for one colorless or taps for one of any color, and then you can spend that mana only to cast legendary spells. Guess what? We're in a format where there is access to a legendary creature all the time. Do you like an uncounterable legendary creature? Yeah, and that spell can't be countered. So like... It is a pseudo, it's not necessarily the same as Allosaurus Shepherd, but it is like a pseudo Allosaurus Shepherd for your commander. Yeah, to me, this is like, uh, oh, I love that it says legendary spell too. Yeah, uh, oh yeah. Like if you have uh, Planeswalker commanders and everything too, um, obviously outside of commanders, it does a lot of great stuff. Um, I, in my head, just like five color Sisse is just salivating with this card. Really likes it. Um, yeah, I think it's very, very, very good. Also, just not. Yes, you loot. You have the one restriction on the fact that it's a colorless mana at first, but they have just fully pushed this card like so far. It is a one-two, <laughs> so it doesn't even die to like a single damage effect, right? Which is like the greatest nerf that we have for dorks. Yeah, it's one of those things that when I when I saw this, I was just like, oh my god! It doesn't die to gut shot. It doesn't mayhem devil. To- like yeah. You know, you get at least two shots of the Mayhem Devil for this. Yeah, but like a lot of times it's just like, I have a Mayhem Devil. All right, one value trigger first. It's not like I'm doing anything crazy. It's always going towards a dork. Yeah. Like every single time. Ultimately, if they wanted this card to cost $20, they did the right thing. They put both lines of text on there. If they wanted to cost $10, they could have just put tap, add colorless mana. If it's used to spend or if it's spent to cast a legendary spell, that spell can't be countered. That's what it should say. But instead, it's like, nope, add one of any color. It's going to fix you. It's going to do everything you need it to do. Yeah. Yep. It encourages you to play a a high power five color deck. In my opinion. Yes, it does. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to go into four cards I'm going to group together with with much lower upside on uh, a topic you two aren't as hot on as I am. 
which is food, food enablers. Let's go. Media Doc, Brandy Buck, Peregrine Took, Many Partings, and Feasting Hobbit. So, uh, Media Doc, Brandy Buck, uh, two CMC, whenever one or more halflings you control attack player, create a food token. Love. Peregrine Took, whenever one or more tokens would be created under your control, create those tokens plus an additional food token. Many Partings, one CMC Sorcery, search the library for a basic land card, reveal it, put in your hand, create a food token. Pushed. And then, Feasting Hobbit, Devour Food 3. Creatures with power less than Feasting Hobbit can't be blocked. I, I mean, can't block it. So, again, uh, beating a dead horse, but I think we have some decent pieces. Totally. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see Gilded Goose come yeah, back. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. Feasting mm-hmm. Troll King. Fire for yes. Gilded Goose is now. Yep. Academy uh, Manufacturer. Yeah, you should get out there. Not financial advice. Not financial you, advice. You should, you should be getting out there and picking up a few Gilded Gooses while you can, while they're cheap. Yeah, the Secret Lair one looks great. Yep. Yeah. Oh, word. I forgot about that. Yeah. I just want to point something out real quick because we've been complaining with Wizards like really nerfing a lot of cards lately, especially like the once per turn effects. I want to point out something where we're going the opposite direction. We are getting a lot of variance and in, uh, and pushed in that manner uh, of enter the battlefield effects. So we're seeing lots of things that are like, when this enters the battlefield or attacks, when this enters the battlefield or leaves the battlefield, when this or another X enters the battlefield, like we are seeing all of these things that are just pushing the ETB effect, which is already a strong effect as it is. Um, so I just wanted to shout that out because it's on a million fucking cards in this set. Uh, just one right here, Gladriel, Gift Giver, uh, five mana, three green, green, four, four. Whenever she enters the battlefield or attacks, you get to either put a plus one plus one counter on target creature, create a food, or create a treasure. Yeah, that's uh, it's really great and at rare too. This is totally going to win you a lot of games in, mm-hmm. in limited. Yeah, here's uh, here's another one. Radagast the Brown, two uh, green green for a two five. When he or another non-token creature ETBs under your control, that's just super good. Look, like regardless of what the rest of the line text says, uh, look at the top X cards of your library where X is that creature's mana value. You may reveal a creature card that doesn't share a creature type with the creature uh, you control from among those cards and put it into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of the library. Uh, two, five. So he initially triggers and will go fetch you a three drop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, X is four for Radagast and then anything else. Yeah, and uh, it's unlikely... Oh, it's not less. Wow. Yeah, it's unlikely that you're going to see... And have another avatar wizard in green. Yeah, in green. So uh, I love this. I, I I think that's a really powerful effect. It's at mythic, and it's definitely going to see. I think it's fun. Yeah, it is really fun. Yeah, it's worth trying. Radagast yeah. is also a super fun character. Yeah, he's a silly little guy. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted, I've just been noticing that like on a lot of cards here. Yeah. Our next green card, Ritter. What do we got? I got nothing else in green, man. Our oh, next yeah. black card. I've decided. Oh, we've gone to black. Guys, I don't think we're going to complete the whole set in this episode. We'll do this and then maybe a multicolor slide? Okay. Yeah. Right. We got to cool. talk about red. All right. Well, I mean, that's yeah, let's do all the, oh, okay. the five. Oh, okay. We'll do a multicolor and legendaries and colors. Cool. All right. I'm going to talk about something that I don't know if it's going to be any good, but it reads like it has a lot of upside, which is Shadow of the Enemy. Six CMC total, three colorless, three black, sorcery, exile, all creature cards from target player's graveyard. You may cast spells from among those cards for as long as they remain exiled, and mana of any type can be spent to cast them. Uh, You know I'm usually pretty high on a steal your opponent's spells and play them type effect, and this is one of them. I just don't know if it's good enough, and I don't think it is. 
I agree with you. <laughs> it is not Breach the Multiverse. It is not Mnemonic Betrayal. Yeah. Take a turn off. I, I just would like to point out Mnemonic Betrayal uh, is three mana, and it hits all cards in all three graveyards. Yes. This doesn't even seem that good. Like, if you if you do show up to pre-release or you do go draft this set and you pull this as your mythic, if you're drafting and this comes out as like your mythic in the pack, I'm probably passing it to the next player. Yeah. Three black pips. I know that like for a long time, we or well, when I went to pre-release for uh, Kamigawa and I pulled Invoke Despair, I was like, this isn't going to see play. Like, what the hell? Shh. And then, oh, Balls. turns out, yeah, Lulz is one of the best cards in standard. That being said, like I get the upside here is that you get them forever. Like you can cast them for the rest of the game, I assume um yeah the way the card's worded so you do get that you kind of have that ownership of it where you know mnemonic betrayal effects are till the end of turn that said you're casting this kind of spell especially at this level of mana i expect you to win and not be passing the turn to win over the next two or three turns totally look at the mana cost it's the same as bolus's citadel what would you rather have shit yep yeah, I love Bolsa. Yeah, you know what? I wanted to mention it. Uh, oh, I don't. Sure. It, it's not going to play out. Got to wrap up. Breach the multiverse did. So. Yeah, and what would you like? I, yeah, breach the multiverse is fucking crazy. This is a modern legal set where the power is supposed to be pushed, and Bolsa Citadel was a rare. Like, yeah, put that in, in perspective. They did not want this to be, you know, another breach the multiverse. Well, guys, what about Lobelia Sackville Baggins? I one black, two colorless m- flash. Menace. When she enters the battlefield, exile target creature card from an opponent's graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn, then create X treasure tokens where X is the card's power. See, I've been actually really enjoying this card. Like, ever since it was spoiled, I was talking about it. Um, and I don't know how amazing it is, but I think it has a potential upside. It is essentially a black dock side yeah. with some restrictions. It is, uh, if you need a ritual package extended and you're in black mana... It might be worth considering. Sans black yeah. uh, dockside is not nothing, or Sans red rather. Um, and notably, it does not require your opponents to have artifacts and enchantments, which sometimes they just don't have. Sometimes yep. dockside just doesn't get there. They just need a chunky creature where you if, get those treasures. Yep. Yeah, I feel like this does play really well in mono black for like a commander deck. You could actually build around mm. this card where it's just like yeah. stingy one mana removal. I'll flash this in and create a bunch of treasures and keep the ball rolling. Or if you yeah. want to play politics, bait out someone else at the table to use some removal on a chunky body and then ramp off of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's also just grave hate on top of like the whole yep. r- ritual side of things. Kill, kill Galta. I think it would be kind of a fun Sissa uh, include because it's a legendary creature. So like a tutorable, like oh. instant speed exile effect that has upside. Hopefully, you know, say like I drop a Hallbreaker Horror because I go to reanimate it or a World Gorger Dragon. You instant speed activate Sissa, exile that, and then you have the mana to activate Sissa again. Right. Which is pretty fun. And your opponent's stuck without their permanence? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, I mean, depending. No, it, oh, they get you have to hit it from back. the graveyard. Yeah. yeah. So like you would just stop the reanimate. Nice. Um and then, yeah, and then you get another activation. Like, that seems pretty cool to me. Yeah. Yeah, sniping something that your opponent's about to reanimate, whether it's like uh, Razaketh or something like that, would be insane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Flash. Yeah, it, it has that versatility where you can just do a couple different things with it. Yeah, it makes me think of, like, uh, whatever that five-mana counter spell is where you get the treasures in response. It's, like, that kind of, like, level where at three mana, if you hit the creature, you get that kind of effect. Yeah, I really wish it didn't say uh, an opponent's graveyard that was put there from the battlefield this turn. That is 
an issue, yeah. That is the hard part. That, that is, is the limitation. The hard pill to swallow. Yeah, something had to have already landed and then died. Not necessarily true because it's uh, an entomb will Garrett do no. that. It has to go from the from the battle from the battlefield. It says from the battlefield. From the yeah. battlefield. Oh, never mind. Why are we yeah. talking about this card? This card's trash. <laughs> Moving on. It's quick to quick to switch sides. Oh, 100. That card's terrible. <laughs> All right, fine. Here's another trash card. Orcish Bowmasters. You we already are talked about a it. fool. Why are we talking about this? This card's trash. Sucks. This uh, is the best card in the set. Just so we know, Card Kingdom is pre-selling the base variant of this for $38. Oh, boy. Jesus fucking Christ. It's yeah. not even like any of the Chase Mythics in the set or the Box Toppers. It's this card that everybody wants. I mean, it's it's real good in CDH. It's oh, going to be real good. my God. It's going to be so good. It's going to be oppressive because it is going to warp the format a little bit around itself. I mean, do we... <sighs> Yes. Uh, do we do we put it like in the same category as Opposition Agent? Maybe even better than Opposition Agent? I think it's Agent. better. I yeah. think it's officially better for how good Opposition Agent is. I think this is better because we tutor a lot. We draw even more. Yeah. I'm Just glad. Find, the, the, find the slot for it in your deck, right? Yeah. That's the answer. It's it's a new staple like Dalphy, oh, like at that level. Yeah. Just it, I would, it goes in. I would, if you don't have a spot because Dothy's in your deck, I would cut. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. No, I would just find room yeah. for both because they're both super good. We've we've talked about this card for weeks now. It feels yeah, like. 100%. Uh, you know, we like to talk about this Wheel Thief package, you know, where you're punishing draws and kind of forcing it a little bit. This is just another card like that is amazing with that. On top of that, it just mm-hmm. punches everything we want to do. Um, and I'll bring up, it's exactly what I was just talking about. It's that ETB plus whenever it ETBs or whenever an opponent draws a card except for their first one. This is where it it's we never broken. read this card, by this the way. This is where it's broken for me. Yeah. We got really Go excited. ahead. Go ahead. And okay. I already read half it. Orcish Bowmasters, one in the black. Uh, it has flash for a 1-1. One, one. When it ETBs or when an opponent draws a, a card that is not the first one in their draw step, it deals one damage to any fucking target. And for some reason, you also get to amass Orcs 1. Um <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's insane. Like, it, like we were talking, like it just punishes the Esper Sentinel. You know, like you get mm-hmm. the draw, instantly kill it, or even better, you, you snipe it with the ETB before you cast your non-creature so spell. So many for times the turn. when you're interacting with draw engines, you have to give them at least one, right? Like, yeah. you know, you pyroblast the fish, you give them the one. This denies the one, and I love that. Yeah. Uh, also, another thing I want to add in: it interacts well with Obnixilis. Uh, captive kingpin it's which are doors, which our discord has been uh pretty heavy on lately. yeah it's a very good yes. uh card and a commander that's on the up and up right now and i feel like this set was very much intentional about like gassing that card up i don't know why mm. but there are multiple cards here that really uh are a benefit yeah the problem here like and it's not a problem it just speaks to the power of the card is that the entirety of magic is built around the strongest mechanic in the game and that is Drawing cards. Drawing cards. Yeah. So now, like we saw it, we uh, recorded a few gameplay videos with where I was playing Xerus, and like that also has the same text where it says, whenever an opponent would draw a card outside of the first one in each of their draw steps, create a green snake. And we, like, there were a couple Esper Sentinels on the board, and then all of a sudden you're just like, wow, I had nine snakes without instigating any Yeah, before, card no draw. combat. No yeah. combat with Xerus, which is the whole point. <laughs> I landed Xerus, and I passed the turn, and I had nine snakes before it came back to my turn. Yeah. Which was just unreal, which just shows you how frequent this ability is going to trigger. I mean, I don't know how powerful it would be. You could just build a deck of build around every time your opponent draws their second card each turn 
like Mangara the Diplomat, this, like, you know, uh, just so many things. Maybe even Smuggler's Share might be good in that deck. But, like, you could abuse it so much. They're very abusable lines of text, for sure. Uh, Evan, you know what this makes me think of is really funny is because I don't you play uh, that sacrifice deal one damage with your snakes in that deck? Yeah, uh, you're what talking about Goblin Bombardment? Goblin, yeah. So that's like a seven mana Orcish Bellmaster because you have to draw the card, sacrifice the snake, do one damage. Yeah. And now you have it on two body creature with flash. Yeah, it's really kind of crazy like how push this is. And it's gone so far that the conversation that when I'm playing games online is. Like when you cast something, the response that people have right now is dies to bowmaster. Dies to bowmaster. Like oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'll cast a birds of paradise. Dies to bowmaster. With uh, there's so many tournaments going on right now in the CDH scene, and it's just like I think we're all just chomping at the bit to add this card. Like it just needs to become legal so we can add it immediately. <laughs> the good news is is that bowmaster dies to bowmaster. So bowmaster v bowmaster. Yep. So if you have two bowmasters on the field, the responsible thing is it the responsible thing. To just kill each other's bowmasters. Well, it depends. I think it's that becomes a very political situation because then if there's like a say a uh, blue farm player at the table that's not either of the bowmaster owners, uh, you can really punish a deck that exclusively prioritizes draw engines. Yeah, turn sequence and pri- like how priority is ordered is going to play heavily into this because yeah. if two players are holstering bowmasters, right? The first player that has priority and can't, like plays their bowmaster is like aha, right? The second player goes aha, and they snipe your bowmaster, and then the wheel goes off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like crazy. It's an ETB effect, so you can just literally someone thinks they're going to get a bowmaster trigger, they put it out there, you etb yours and just snipe their bowmaster and reap all the rewards mm-hmm. it's it that's how that is why is. that is exactly yeah, that, that makes you know when you said it's format warping before i thought maybe you were a little outside the lines but no it does sound now like okay there's so many situations where it's you're now playing around it for once we were relevant not. in this shell and this shell and this shell and like you know there are some yeah. things that just need to stick to the board that are like one power that most people just shrug their shoulders at and go, I guess Esper Sentinel is going to sit there a while. Yeah. You know, like, I guess this is Birds of Paradise, all the dorks are just going to sit there the rest of the game until. That's the thing, dude. You know, we bolt like, the bird. Yeah. Stomp, stomp the snake. I think it. like dorks exactly. are, are going to be really suffering right now because yes. everybody wants to play this card and it's going to be insane. Like, no, also, Notion Thief dies because it's a 3 1. Yeah. This is going to absolutely torture green green like yes green is bad green just got worse because it did not get a protection from this card Mm -hmm. like there is no way to answer this in green right now and you need to be playing another color like i'm teching gut shot into a lot of my decks because i need to kill this like right it gets an etb it snipes one of my dorks i need to be able to pay two life and fuck this thing up and get it off the battlefield otherwise my whole board is absolutely just like terrified oh, yeah. of this thing it just it shreds you i as like the grixis player i always feel that i'm at like i know the rocks are faster but they're also just a little bit worse to me than like like building the board of dorks and like having that mana they're hard to interact with they don't feed dockside um that being said they just became so much more easy to interact with so i'm excited to get to play it to counter my adversary essentially over or under six months to get banned Oh, to get banned? Yes. That's how strong I think it is. Mm. I don't... 
I don't think he gets banned. Yeah, I don't think it's. I think it's because it's only I, modern. I think we're only. Yeah, I think we're still only talking about the first half of that effect, which is dealing damage. We're not even talking about the amass orcs one. Okay, I, I don't know, but for me, the comparison would be like Ragavan. You know, similar CMC, similar. You know, it's going to be doing a bunch of stuff to irritate you. Dies on the bow. Dies to bow master. But it, it dies to bow master. Um, <laughs> but like you know, that's that's, that's still not great. oppressive enough to get banned. Dockside's not oppressive enough to get banned. And you know, I don't think Orcish Bowmaster exceeds the oppressiveness of either of those cards. That's that's why I like saying over or under. Where do you put your bet? Do you think it, like over would be it doesn't get banned, right? No, I think or it's just over. format stable. That's yeah, it. Yeah. I and I, it just you think it's going to get banned? I. Th- feel like it's going to get played so heavily right off the bat that everyone's going to overreact to it maybe and then we could potentially look at something where like the overreaction maybe is a little bit too much like we saw hull breacher it existed for a while right that was too powerful Mm -hmm. i just don't know if that it's not that level yet because it doesn't deny you the draw but um, I, it's going to be really hard to find an answer for this. Has like Sheldon even said he's going to look at this monitor? No, 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 no. But um, I know a lot of people disagree and they'd be like, no, it's not going to get banned. It's just because you want to play it. <laughs> it's like just look at it from like the outside perspective of the game and like everything that you uh, all these decks that exist out here, it completely turns off green decks. Nobody wants to play against this because it just completely turns off a, co- a full slice of the color pie. Like, that is my argument. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. It's like, you need to be drawing cards in green, and you only the only advantage you have is to build mana through your creatures most of the time, right? It just <laughs> shuts that off. I don't know. I You know, I will play a mana dork package, but I prefer a sorcery and instant-based ramp package. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel safer just having the lands, you know? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, lands are by far the safest. Um. Yeah, I don't know if it'll get banned, but I do know it's going to be a good fucking card, and it I'm is excited a, to play it. It is a good fucking card. I'm going to buy as many Tyler Jacobson foils as possible and get them signed. I uh, I don't think we can top that in black, so we There's just finish no out with red. we got to yeah, play some magic list. soon, so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, how about Spiteful Banditry? I love this card. Yeah, it's, it's a great fun. card. I love it Sorry. because I'm mostly enchantment-based, right? A lot of my strategies are enchantment-based, so this is gonna, actually going to go in Shalai and Halar because... I can just X as one, let this sit on the battlefield. Whatever wipes I get, I get a treasure in return, but also contributes to Sarah's Sanctum, to the Sanctum Weaver, which nobody respects. True. And uh, this, like, it's... Uh, it's it's basically the red version of Meat Hook Massacre. So when yeah. it was announced, Card Kingdom wanted fifty dollars like <laughs> for it, like Christ. for the Meat Hook rate. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's as good as Meat Hook Massacre. No, I don't think it is either. Yeah, that once but, per turn getting a treasure is nice, but it's not something that's gonna you know. Yeah, Neg X make you go. Off. I think it is really good though. Oh, it's super good. Mm-hmm. Neg X Neg X is just stronger, extremely powerful. It's yeah. just way stronger, and yeah. the fact that Meat Hook Massacre can just win you the game through some sort of like loop is actually crazy it is crazy yeah. because so, it's also an outlet and it yeah should. if you're creating one treasure token one treasure turn you're not looping anything exactly yeah. that thing's i don't know like i, I it's not a 50 dollar card it's not a 50 dollar card no no. no 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 and you're right it shouldn't be charged like that but what evan was just saying is we need more board wipes like in this format right and like I, this is a i think an attempt at justifying it is we're starting to see you know the payoff, the board wipe plus, I want to say. And like, I'm playing, uh, what is it? Rolling Earthquake right now, right? Yeah. So this is pretty close to Rolling Earthquake. 
but the only difference is it's on an enchantment instead of a sorcery yep, that gives me around, upside. Yep. Color fixes me, ramps me. Yeah, only one treasure per turn. You know what else gets you one treasure per turn? Ragavan. Hey. He, yeah. He's a good card. Yeah, he is a good card. This Not is- banned. <laughs> I'll never live that down, right? <laughs> I am excited. No, this, I, I sorry, we were talking about it earlier. I didn't say it. I, I'm excited for the new play pattern, though. If the, the Ragavan player is not going first, right? It's like you get you establish a land, they play land Ragavan, then you get to untap, and then you get to snipe them at flash. Like that, maybe balances Ragavan in modern a little bit. Well, it's just it's so easy to turn one Bowmaster. Do you think that that's what they were thinking when they designed? I, I mean, I could see like, that. We got to answer Ragavan in modern. Not even thinking about the wheel effects in CDH. Well, I know Evan. Evan, I know. Sorry, I'm to bring try to bring us back to this conversation. But I know Evan's worried about it as a uh, hating on green. But I think it's more hating on, like you said, the most powerful effect in <clears throat> Magic. Right. So we have some cards that are just kind of too powerful, and this does help answer that a little bit. Like, this, yeah, I think Ragavan. green is just so weak that it's getting incidentally nerfed, and no one's even considering it. That yeah. is that is my thought. This balances modern. Like, yeah, there's no, no doubt in my mind that it balances Ragavan. Yeah, this is Modern Horizons 2.5, and it's doing the work. Oh, I think modern this balances a lot of CDH, too, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. my deck is incredibly greedy, because all I do is play things that say draw cards on it. And if you play this against me, it's going to really hurt. I play Tevesh, and this hits Tevesh. Yeah, this is an anti-Adnaz, too. You know, it's like... By the way, speaking of Tevesh, sorry, uh, Nasty End in Black might have a home. Nasty end. Yeah, I love uh, the name. Two CMC, sack a creature. If it was legendary, you draw three cards. If it wasn't legendary, legendary it's two cards. Ooh, it's a oh. little Taveshi. Yeah, it's mini Taveshi effect. I don't know if it's worthwhile, but sorry to get us I mean, off no track. worries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely was the one that made us off track. All right, back to this uh, Spiteful Mastery. Definitely is not a 50 fucking dollar card, but I'm going to try it out in uh, the decks that I play Rolling Earthquake. I've really liked how Rolling Earthquake plays, and I think... Um, you know, for the same reason Orcus Bowmaster's kid, destroying all the mana doors <laughs> at one damage or yep. two damage yeah, is pretty goddamn good. The three good. mana conversion is is actually justified. Here. It's not bad. Yeah. And then four mana, like two to everything, that starts getting delighted halflings and, you know, Najeelers and stuff like that. And right. You're getting a treasure, holding up interaction, and all of a sudden things start dying, and now you have four treasures out of nowhere. I Later in the game, it gets Baseline, better. not a bad card. I think baseline, it's okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, display of power. Possible combo lines. Three CMC can't be countered. Copy targets instant or sorcery. I love this card. Yeah, um, I love that. I like that we're starting to get more can't be. Uh, oh, this can't be copied. Not can't, can't be, be copied. copied. Yeah, yeah. This is a because, spicy little yeah. little nugget. Um, I play on hello. So initially, you know, I wanna I wanna think about this card, and uh, I don't. I think in hello is specifically the deck that does not want to play this card. Well, this is redundancy for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's you kill my in hello. I still have an option. Yeah, I don't know if it's better than like dual caster or the other traditional spell copying combo lines you would follow. No, but it is worth playtesting for sure. Notably, I think it is outside of like a, a combo scenario. I think it is red interaction on a very high power. Uh, yeah, for sure. In my head, it is a not free mind break trap for red. Um, including co- uh, completely countering a mind break trap. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty fucking sick. I Yeah, I was thinking the same Fluster thing. Storm. Yeah, it allows you to stop Flusterstorm. Yeah. It allows you to stop those those effects that, you know, unless you pay this amount of mana, you know, it's like... Actually, I think is the first time we've only... We've seen an outside of blue color have an answer to these effects because these are the only, like... Blue is the only one that can do stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, it allows you to, like copy an entire crazy stack of brain freezes you yeah. know if you wanted to i'm not sure where that's valuable right. it's like milling yourself or milling your opponent 
because they have a draw trigger. Mm-hmm. I don't know, something like that. I, also, right? I think this is just going to have like crazy high ceiling. Like sometimes it's not going to do some stuff, but like sometimes you'll just win the counter spell or you'll you know win the thing because you came out of nowhere as the red deck with this fucking card it's gonna be insane totally um kind of almost like uh uh not snapcaster mage but uh the other one red one dual caster mage where like sometimes you know it's combo piece but sometimes you just like you know snipe an adnaz off the stack and you get to go first this does that too yeah it does yeah or like say the adnaz player just tried to protect and there was this whole counter spell war on top of the stack and then you know, they're like, all right, gas out. And you're like, okay, mono red player, display of power. I'll copy the ad nauseum and yep. all the counter spells. I'll counter your ad nauseum and I will be the only one to resolve an ad nauseum. Yeah, it can right. create a huge swing in some of those scenarios yeah. that are very easy to imagine. And like in CDH, there are so many times, why wouldn't you just copy the game winning spell that your opponent just gassed? Yeah. 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 You ever been deflecting swatted when you go to Pyrrha to the Abyss? It feels pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you like to copy a deflecting swat and up here into the Abyss? Right? Yeah. 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 So I think it's pretty cool. I think that has a high ceiling. I don't think it'll see a ton of play because it's a three mana interaction spell in red. I think it's one of those things that someone will leave three mana sitting up and no one will see it coming. They're like, what could he possibly? You're going to love to see cast? it. Yes. Oh my it's, God, dude. Yeah. When it does happen, it, people at the table will, will be screaming. They'll be hooting and hollering. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know what? what? We are running late on time, so I'm only going to talk about one more card, yep. but it does loop back to a conversation we we're just having about Ob, Ob Nixilis, uh, which is Gimli Counter of Kills. Uh, Force yes. see it's a dwarf, which is relevant to Magda. There's a couple relevant dwarves in this set. But Ooh. Gimli Counter of Kills, every time a creature an opponent control dies, it pings you. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. good it's uh it's an uncommon four three with trample and um for four yeah for four mana the conversion rate isn't great here but if it lands on the board you know it definitely does start counting up like mm-hmm. pun intended uh, or you know you're in black red uh pair it with that orcish bowmasters if you're yeah. how to break orcish bowmasters you can just start going off mm-hmm. totally yeah um there is one other red card i think moria marauder is going to see play. Yeah, uh, the sure. goblin, right? Two CMC, two red, right? Yep, and it has double strike, and whenever a goblin or orc you control deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of your library, you may play that card this turn. So in combination Yo. with Obnixilis, mm-hmm. you see four cards instead of Yo. just two. Yeah. So it's really great. It also is a great blocker for cards like Ragavan. Mm-hmm. So it just unfortunately dies to Bowmaster. Oh, man. You know, I didn't even think about this, Ritter, but now that you said that, like, Magda definitely got some gas with like yeah. Dwarves. There's uh there's a few dwarves. There's Gloin, which yeah, that's is, exactly. He's creating some treasure tokens for you whenever you cast a a legendary or a historic spell. So you know when you cast you play this, then you cast Magda, you get a treasure without even tapping. I think that I mean I'm into Magda. I'm not a, I'm not a Magda player, so I can't speak authoritatively on this. But I think what Magda actually needs is like one and two CMC dwarves. Really, uh, I think a lot of the dwarves that were printed in the set are a little too high in CMC to be auto includes totally. or like solve some problems how much but that guy? I thought he was two, it, right? it does give some reach you know yeah isn't that guy two i, I think Gloin is three maybe Gloin is three yes oh three. shit two two and a red for the out of yeah that's hard to justify yeah uh it's whenever you cast a historic spell so like you could crypt land artifacts? into this yeah artifacts <laughs> so you just like drop your whatever you drop after that point mm. spear of resistance spear of resistance or something like that you are generating your treasure i do think gloin ultimately does go in magda though it, it i think so like it should i yeah. also love that in magda you tap sacrifice a treasure magda makes you another treasure so you right. can just free goad something which is not great but i will say just outright a dwarf 
that has upside that taps itself is good in Magda. Totally. Yes. Yep. All right. I think that's it for our five, the first episode of this Lord of the Rings review. There's that, so much to talk yeah. about. We'll talk about lands, artifacts, and multicolor in the next podcast. And definitely there are some juiced potential commanders in the multicolor. Not even all that. There's also yeah. the fucking box toppers to go over, dude. Oh, like, box yeah. toppers. Yeah. Great. Well, box yeah, we'll toppers. include that in the next episode, too. Uh, I know this episode is a little bit longer than our standard fare, but we hope that you've enjoyed it so far. We're just excited about the set. Exactly. Yeah, I think like right away we were skeptical about like the announcement of a Lord of the Rings set, and then all of a sudden they come out swinging with this like very like immersive artwork. Like all these cards have their flavor on point. All of the flavor text being little excerpts from the books. Like, yeah, this is this extends yeah. the good feeling from the Warhammer uh, IP, like where they just did it right, mm-hmm. did it right for the fans, did it right for the game, and I, I have a great feeling about this. Yeah, set. it just feels tenfold yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's great, and uh, I'm excited to talk about it more. Yeah, very excited to see more universes beyond stuff if it's given this same treatment. So, 100%. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode and you want to support the show you can do so by finding us on youtube where you can like subscribe and hit that little bell for more notifications and you can find us on all major podcasting platforms where you can uh, follow the show and be sure to rate the show give us five stars it's super helpful for the algorithm for people to find us and yeah and be sure to join the discord i'll include a link in the description below the community is popping on there we are just like fam fam i feel like i'm having a conversation like 12 of the 14 hours that i'm awake i love that i'm like i I don't like text pretty much at all but i'm on discord all the time and like having like much more meaningful conversations i feel sometimes yeah it's it's great because we have people who are like-minded who are stimulating the conversation having like these talks that we're having like on the podcast and helping contribute to the show yeah so if you want to feel like you you know you want to get on there and you want to contribute to the show jump on our discord best place to have that best place to have that conversation yeah Uh, 100%. That's pretty much it. Uh, We'll do episode two next week, and you guys have a good one. Thanks for listening. Have a great one. Peace. Bye bye.